Mark chapter 6, verse 45. <clears throat> if you don't have a Bible, it's okay. It's up on the screens for you. But let's go ahead and stand as we read and give honor to the word of God. Immediately, he made his disciples get into a boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up onto the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, <clears throat> and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. He meant to pass them by. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out, for they saw him. For they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And he got in the boat with them. And the wind ceased, and they were utterly astounded. Father God, I thank you right now. In the name of Jesus, God, because we come here desperate for you. We come here desperate for more of your word, and we come here desperate to hear from you. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen. You may have your seats. As we begin to get it today, I speak to those who came here with a prayer in mind, a prayer in heart. They've been praying for something for months. They've been praying for something, praying for something, or even maybe even just a couple days. Maybe you were diagnosed with something, or maybe something was told to you, and you, you decided, okay, well, I need to go to church. I need to fix something. But you came here desperate. God is about to show you that in your desperation, there is a breakthrough rising up in you. Come on. How many of you came here this morning desperate for more of God, desperate for his presence, desperate for his love, desperate for more and more and more of him? Today, I need you to, to be desperate. Ask your neighbor, how desperate are you? Come on, ask your neighbor, how desperate are you? How much of God do you really want? Desperation. Man, I'm talking about the positive power of desperation. Hard as it is to accept many times, desperation can be the best thing that can happen to us. Hello? As hard as it is to accept, it could be the best thing that ever happened to us is when desperation comes. Desperation is where we come to an end of ourselves. Now, the best part about that is when you come to an end of yourself, you find, guess what it is? Nope, you find God. To an end of yourself, you find God. It shouldn't always be that way we, as we should always rely on God first and foremost. In our text, what we just read, uh, the disciples had a word from the master. It was a really powerful word. It was cross over to the other side. That's what he told them. He said, go ahead before me, cross over to the other side. The, these, this word was a prophetic declaration of destiny. It may, not, it may have not seemed something much to them at that time. It was, was just a, a command to go to the other side, but they didn't know that it had a double meaning, that it had a different section behind it, that it had another word backed up behind it. He wasn't just saying go to the other side of this body of water. He was saying cross over to the other side of your belief. Check me out. You are going to go from casual believer 
to blood-bought, spirit-filled, water-walking men and, wa and women of God. You're getting ready to cross over from what you were once a, a timid worshiper, a, a light worshiper, a, a, an occasional Sunday-goer, an occasional Wednesday prayer night-goer, an occasional worshiper. You're going to go from that. And right now, church, I declare, we are going to cross to the other side of our situation in 2020. People are going to hear a word from God, and God is going to send. They don't know what is going to happen. They don't know what's going to happen out in the seas. They don't know what's going to happen out in the waters, but God is going to be with them. Faith will be that sail that will give them thrust to the boat that they are in. You are on your way with a prophetic word from God, and that's what these men now had. They ha now had a prophetic word from God as they were moving in their prophetic People need to hear me when I say this. How many people here want to be used by God? Be honest. How many want to be used by God? God, I want you to do something in my life. I need to be, I need to get out of the humdrum and I need something to, to, to give me life again. Well, hear me when I say this then. If you plan on doing anything for God, you might as well get ready for the storm. If you want, if you want God to do anything in your life, if you've been praying that God to your children, that you speak healing into your children, that you speak life into your family, that you bring about a change into your family, then get ready because there's about to be a storm. You're going to go into it. It's going to happen. People who never do anything for God don't have to worry much about the storm. People who want to just come to church and never do anything for God, they tend to think, hey, being a Christian is pretty easy. When you, when you get blessed, hey, thank you, God. When he opens doors, they're glad, but there's no real opposition as they have because no, they're really no threat to the devil. People who desire more and are desperate for more of God will see opposition. When you want to see there to be open doors in your life, when you want to see that the blessings of God pours out in your heart, when you want to see all these wonderful things, then you need to get desperate. Why? Because desperation is the breeding ground for miracles. You want desperate, you want miracles to happen, you want blessings to come your way, then you need to get desperate. But people who desire more from God, they will see opposition. I'm not, and I'm talking about satanic opposition. When you start moving in the destiny God has called uh, for you, when you begin to let the Holy Spirit lead you, when you begin to let, make Jesus the Lord of your life, when you start to say enough is enough and I want God to use me, when you begin to become so desperate for God, Satan will start to resist you. He'll try to stop you. He'll, he'll throw things your way. He'll make you feel guilty for following God because that's not what everyone else is doing around you. He wants you to fit in with your friends. He wants you to fit in. You're, you're rocking the boat. This is not what we do. This is not, well, I go to church too, but we don't, I don't act like that. You're, you're going to church acting like a holy roller. Hello. You're acting, you're jumping up and down shouting hallelujah. All right, well, I, I'm glad I am. Because that's what we do here in church. That's what we do here in this church. We get excited for the Holy Spirit. We get excited for the things of God. We got up and shout out hallelujah. Thank you, God, for saving me. Thank you, God, for bringing about new life in me. But there's those around you who want you to fit in with all your friends. His desire is to make you more like the world so you are less of a threat to him. The more you are like the world, the less you are a threat to the gates of hell. Hello, I'm talking to somebody right now. 
I'm talking about people who are conforming. I'm talking about people who are compromising. There are too many people compromising with the word of God. There are too many people compromising with what he says. Oh, I go to, I, the word of God says, well, the, I'm, I'm the temple of God, so I'm, wherever I am, I don't need to go to church. No, because the word of God says, forsake not the assembly. So already you're, you're against the word of God. You're, you just don't want the covering of God. You don't want the, what was that word he used? I, 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 loved, I heard this the other night, and it just spoke to me. Uh, you don't want the, um, God uses it all the time, too. Being under the authority of someone, the, uh, you don't like listening to people. You like doing your own thing. But his desire is to make you more like the world. He, the devil wants you to be weak. He wants you to be anemic. He wants you to be that way. So he will make opportunities come up in your life that seem like they're blessings. Hello. And, he'll op- and, and they'll seem like they're open doors from God. Hello. Who's ever had that come their way? Oh, or a blessing comes your way. Oh, I got, Pastor, I got a new job. Oh, that's awesome. I'm, I'm so blessed. Yeah, it pays more. I got to let you know I won't be here Sunday morning. Hello. All because he wants you to fit in with the world and appease the world. Remember, I told you I'm going to give you scripture so that you're going to start applying it to your life on Wednesdays. So I want you, if you got the Bible app, highlight it, save it, whatever you got to do. I want you to save the scriptures that I give you today. Okay? Reason why I want you to do that is because. If you don't know the word of God, then you don't know how to pray. Some people just treat prayer like, you know what? Thank you, God, for what you're doing. You're never specific. So when I give you the word, you need to start applying it to your life. You guys ready? We're going to go to Galatians 1.10. I want you to apply this. For I am now, for am I now seeking approval of man or of God? Hello. Or am I trying to please man? If, if I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. The more you try to please the world, the more you try to please other people over God, you are calling yourself less and less a servant of Christ. Hello. When you start trying to appease that, that husband, that wife, that boyfriend, that girlfriend, more than you are trying to appease When you're trying to appease your boss and trying to appease everyone else because you, you want to you look like a good employee. You want to look like a good person. You want to appease your family by not talking about Christ when you guys go do family events because you want to fit in. Are you appeasing man or are you appeasing God? Hello. Anyone can serve God when the sun is shining and the sea is calm. But it takes men and women of faith, men and women of courage, men and women of commitment, men and women who are desperate to stay the course in the storm. Yes, the storm comes blowing in my direction, but God, I shall remain ever vigilant because the anchor holds, God. The anchor is still holding. Though my sails are battered, God, the anchor holds. I still give you my faith. I still give you my love, God. Why? Because I shall be called a servant of Christ. See, the storm tests your commitment. When things are hard, right? You just, man, it seems like any out, you just want to take it. 
like I'd mentioned earlier, a job or a or, or, or home or whatever the situation might be. It looks great. It looks awesome because it seems like it's going to fix everything. You want every out you can take. But the, the, the storm tests your level of commitment. The see what is really important and what is excess baggage. The storm shakes loose the things that aren't connected to the spirit of Christ. The storm brings out our best and our worst. The storm is going to show you what level of faith you are at. The storm will see who is being real or who is just being fake. Did you hear what I just said? There are people who go to church playing church. Going to church pretending to be Christians. Oh, I love Jesus. Oh, I worship God. Oh, I go to church. I, I give my tithes when I can. But are you truthfully faithful? Are you truthfully planted? Are you truthfully growing? Olo, are you doing something? Or are you just attending? See, you can find out who's fake right away. See, how many of you guys ever seen, um, like, those display models of, like, boats? You ever seen those little, like, boats in a bottle? Who's ever seen them? Seriously. Right? It looks like a boat. It's wood like a boat. It's material like a boat. It's got everything a boat would probably even need. But I guarantee you, when wind and pressure is applied to the sails, the sails will go flying off. Because it's not real. Right? If there's something that is fake, who's ever who's ever been to like Universal Studios? Who's ever you ever been there? Okay. Who's ever seen a Western? Like an old school Western. Most of those are just sets. They're fronts. They're facades. They're the front. Okay? If you were to go around the side, you would see that it's just a like a thick plank of wood held up by other pieces of wood that is just the front face of it. There is no inside. There's nothing on the inside. It's all on the front. What I'm saying, there's all on the front, but there's nothing on the inside. There's people who are going to church that's all on the front, but there's nothing on the inside. We need to ask God, God, forgive me for not having you on the inside. For me just putting up a front, I need something on the inside. God, I cannot just be just a fake Christian. I need the Holy Spirit on the inside. God, I don't want to just be a face at a church. God, I want the Holy Spirit to move on me on the inside. God, I don't want to just be a smile in a chair. God, I want something moving on the inside. Church, the storm is going to show you how bad bad you need Jesus. The storm is going to show you how bad you need Christ, how bad you need the Savior. The storm is going to show you you need to get right with God or you will find destruction. Hello. You need to get right with God or you're going to get sunk. The storm brought these disciples to a place of desperation. Why did they need to reach a place of desperation? I'm glad you asked. Why do they need to go to the storm? Because Jesus was going to come to them in a different way than he had ever, they had ever seen before. And if they had not been desperate, they could have easily missed a fresh revelation from God. Had they had not been desperate and didn't need Christ, they would have just been sailing like regular. They would have just... But they were desperate looking everywhere. They were... 
how desperate must you be if you're in a boat looking outside of the boat on the waters for help? Is there something floating we can use? Right? Is there another boat around? There's got to be somebody out here. We can't be the only ones. How desperate must you be that you are now looking outside of your own comfort zone? Did you catch that? My, my. Can you say amen? If they had not been desperate, they would have missed their fresh revelation. Jesus waited until they were exhausted, worn out, tired, felt like they had no hope. Who is at that moment right now? Come on. Who is tired? Oh God, I've been praying to all hours of the night. I've been seeking you, God. I'm exhausted. I feel like there's no hope, God. I feel like you're not there. I feel like you're not hearing me, God. I feel like I'm scratching and scratching, but nothing's happening. I feel like I'm digging and digging, but I'm getting nowhere. I feel like I've been doing something and doing and doing, but I feel like I'm getting nowhere. I'm worshiping you, God. I'm lifting up my hands. I'm praying to you, God. I'm crying out to you, God, but I feel like nothing's happening. Who's ever felt like they've gotten there? Come on. It's okay. In other words, they knew that their self-effort was useless. Everything you do is not going to do anything. It's not what you do. Without divine assistance from Jesus, they were going to die. It's amazing how far we have to go sometimes to run into grace, isn't it? It's amazing how far, how far we seem to put ourselves out there before we finally run into God instead of running to him first. They saw Jesus on the water, but fear almost kept them from receiving him. Fear almost stopped them from receiving Fear hinders many people from receiving from God. Fear of the unknown. I don't know what's going to happen next, God. I don't know if I should... Uh, to, to go to this doctor or not, if I should accept this job or not, if I should do this or not. God, I just don't know. That's what faith is. That's what faith is. Trusting in God into the unknown. Fear is what other people might think or say. What I Remember I said earlier about appeasing man? Am I seeking the approval of man or of fear of breaking a tradition? You've done it this way this whole entire time. Remember how I talked about how we're changing Wednesdays to be prayer? People are used to tradition. They're used to having it every, we're used to having a word. Well, guess what? We're breaking tradition. We're breaking the mold. Why? Because we want this to become a house of prayer. We want the Holy Spirit to move. We want God to move in this place. We want to see. See, I'm not, worried. I'm not, I'm not thinking anymore about the growth in numbers. I'm thinking about the growth in you. Where are you going? How are you growing? How are you moving? How are you getting planted? How are you getting rooted? How is the Holy Spirit moving in you? That's spiritual growth. And that's what I want for this church. That's what I want. There, but desperation overcame fear. Hello. Their need to, for a move of God's hand in life overcame all that fear. 1 John 4.18. 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear for 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 fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not perfect love in them you need to get rid of that fear you need to shake off the fear of wondering what's going to happen and start putting on that faith start dropping the fear and picking up the faith start dropping the fear there is no hello there is no shield of fear it's a shield of what faith to protect you from all the words and all the things that come your way 
those who are desperate for food will not fear trying new food, right? If you're, who's ever been so hungry and you didn't like menudo, but they had menudo? It's like, I don't care. I'm going to. Okay, I'll hate it. Right? What? I said, it was so funny. I took Diana out to go eat and uh, this taco place. And um, she goes, here. I was like, here, try this. So she ate it. And she goes, oh, this is really good. I was like, yeah, it is, huh? So what is it? Cabeza. And she said, oh, okay, whatever that is, it's really good. I was like, <laughs> she's white. <laughs> oh, okay. What's in that? Cow. <laughs> So, but when you're hungry, you don't care. Am I right? Right? Oh, how, man, I'm so hungry. Hey, how old is it? Oh, it's okay. The microwave will kill all the germs. <laughs> right? You're laughing because you've done it. Those who are desperate for water don't care the cup they drink it from is dirty. Right? Got like soda at the bottom of it. Or hot chocolate that never that caked on. You don't care. You want, I'm thirsty. I don't care. Give me that water. You're drinking. You you don't care where it comes from. Give me. We're old school. Drinking from the manguera. Mm, mm, mm. You know, you're thirsty. You don't care. Oh, it's hot. Give it a second. You're thirsty. desperate of time we can call upon the blood of jesus saying god i am desperate for you i need you right now right now i want to call upon the name of the lord right now jesus i want to call upon you i am desperate for you i need more of you right now jesus psalms 50 verse 15 i want you to write this one down write this psalms 50 15 Put it on the screens. I want you to see it. And call upon me in the day I deliver you, and you shall glorify. I'm healed. Thank you, God. My son's restored. Thank you, God. I found you, God. Psalms 91. Because he holds fast to me in love, talking about you, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, who are they talking to? God, if they would call out to God, not call out to the lawyer, not call out to your boss, not call out to your brother, your sister. No, call out to God. I will show him my salvation. See, when you, who's ever been in a fight and you called your brother or your sister or someone, you got somebody on the, on the phone, you know exactly who to call, right? Oh, no, it's going to go down. I'm, oh, I'm going to call someone right now. Give me my phone. You know exactly who to call. You end up losing that fight? No. Who's ever called on somebody and they didn't they weren't able to help you? 
Who's ever called on someone and they weren't there when you needed it? Hello. Call out to God. It says again, I will show him my salvation. You've seen how people try to help you. You see how people have tried and help and they let you down. No, I will show you my salvation. Many I'm speaking today have sensed a growing desperation in your spirit. A growing desperation for God in your life. You have known you have not known which way to turn. Nothing seems to be working anymore. You're exhausted. But church, I believe we're on the verge of a fresh revelation. I believe we're about to see a new season. We're about to see a shift and a shaking that is going to bring into, into you a deeper relationship with God than you have ever known before. And in turn, there is going to be a greater manifestation of the power of God in your life. We're on the cusp of it. We're on the brink of it. It's about to happen. I reign. I feel the Holy Spirit getting ready to move. I know going to happen because I'm believing in God for it to happen. I know it's going to all because you became desperate for more of him. All because you wanted more of the Holy Spirit. All because you got tired of being tired and wanted strength. You got sick of being sick and wanted a touch from the healer. You got tired of being in lack and wanted a visit, a visit from the provider. Nobody likes to feel weak or unsuccessful. Or like they don't know what they're doing. But sometimes you have to reach that place before your ears open to really hear what God is trying to say to you. Sometimes you got to get to that moment of desperation before you finally. You ever talk to somebody and tell them, like you gave them advice and they don't hear it? Then all of a sudden they go to church. They hear the exact thing you just said to them from the pastor. Oh, he spoke to me. I've been saying that for weeks. Yeah, but it came from the pulpit. Hello? It came there. Sometimes it takes that desperation for you to finally open up your ears to what God is trying to tell you. It wasn't until she was completely broke. She, had she had more money? Had she had another doctor to turn to, she may have never come to Jesus. She would have missed out. It was desperation that called Jairus to risk his reputation as a leader of the religious community by coming to Jesus because his daughter was dying. It was de desperation that caused uh, blind Bartimaeus to the persecution of those around him. I don't have a scripture for but in 2 Kings chapter 4, it was desperation that brought the widow woman to the prophet. It's in that whole chapter. Her husband had died and left her in debt. And her creditors were coming to make slaves of her two sons. He, she said they were already on the way. Her desperation created an avenue for a miracle, a divine supernatural uh, multiplication and provision. And she poured out into a pot of oil of borrowed vessels to all the, those who are here and hear my voice, who have struggled with the feelings of desperation, uh, know how to do. You have prayed all that you know how to pray. You have fasted as best as you been, can to fast. You have confessed, and it seems like nothing has changed. I've come to tell you today to get ready for a move of God. Get ready because on the other side of your desperation on the other side of this storm is a miracle on the other side of this storm is a testimony on the other side of this is what god is going to show you he can do he's going to show you his salvation come on give god a shout of praise 
On the other side is a greater revelation of Jesus than you have ever seen before. God's going to come at you in a different way that you've never seen before. On the other side is breakthrough. On the other side is a testimony of how God brought you up. On the other side is a new season. If you can just get through the storm, if you can just get past the temporary, desperation is like, a, is like the, the last stages of pregnancy. You're uncomfortable all the time. No matter how you sit or lay down, it feels uncomfortable. Nothing quite feels right. You, you cry for no reason at all. It seems like your emotions are right on the surface all the time. You don't fit in clothes that you really wanted to wear. Like I said, you can't sit. Like for some reason, <sighs> you're not comfortable. All the while, something inside of you is growing. Did you guys that? All the while, something, you're uncomfortable now. You're in a bad situation now. But all the while, something inside of you is growing. Something is being made. Life is starting to form. A new beginning is, is getting ready. You may not be able to see what it is, but anyone can see you're pregnant. Right? Hello. That is why there is a ministry. That's, that's, that is the way it is. You, it may look uncomfortable on the outside. But there's something growing on you on the inside. There's a ministry growing on the inside. There's an anointing growing on the inside. There's a special gift growing on the inside. There's a new vision growing on the inside. There's a new level growing in on the inside. There's a Holy Ghost revival stirring up in you on the inside. There's a house of prayer being built up in you on the inside. God is making it possible for something new to be, to be, to be brought forth right now on the inside you're uncomfortable on the outside but god is saying i'm building something new on the inside something is getting ready to be birthed and desperation is that last stage before manifestation it is here that you either break through or break down my my you guys ever watch those documentaries on how diamonds are formed naturally a lot of them are formed in volcanoes where pressure and heat builds up so strong that diamonds are formed. And sometimes it happens like at an alarming rate. But because of the pressure and the heat, most formations can't remain solid. So they break apart and they destroy. So literally their lifetime could be a matter of moments where they're almost like literally made and destroyed. There are a lot of Christians who are beautifully made but can't handle the pressure and are destroyed. Hello. It is at this point that the devil will try to convince you that it's just not worth it being a Christian. That God has changed his mind and that, you're, and that you may be misunderstood, God. That you may be under, misunderstood his word. Or that you dreamed uh, your own dream. It wasn't from God. I've come to tell you that, that delay is not denial. Delay is not, just because it hasn't happened yet, is not saying God is not going to let it happen. Hello. 
Just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean that God hasn't already decreed for it to happen in his will. Hello. And desperation is a positive power when it causes you to throw yourself completely onto God's throne. I come to tell you that God is always on time. I want you to say, you're going to get tired. You're going to get weary. But Galatians 6, 9 says, and let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. God, let us not grow weary in doing good. Sometimes it may seem like never, it will never happen with God. But if, if God said it, guess what? It's going to come to pass. You may have to pass through some storms on the way, and you may have to fight some giants, but my God is a giant killer. You may have to go through the fire, but there's another in the fire standing there with me. You may have to go through some deep waters, but there's someone there walking there with me. You may, uh, you, oh, come on. You may be in the situation, but God, come on. You may be in a place of desperation, but my God is still with me. That's okay. You may be at your place called desperation, but that's okay. Everyone, God had to come to this place. I'll say it, and I'll say it again. Desperation is the breeding ground for miracles. I want you to remember that desperation is the breeding ground for miracles. It's where we come to an end of ourselves, the end of me, all that I can do, and where I find God. I found this online. I wanted to share it with you. Here are six reasons to trust God. You guys ready for this? One, he knows my name. Isaiah 43.1. Write that down. Let's go ahead. Isaiah 43.1. But now thus says the Lord, <clears throat> he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. God knows who you are. God knows the situation you're going through. He knows the storm you're in. Who you are. Second one, ready? He for you. He will fight for you. Exodus 14, 14. That's your confirmation as to, will he fight for me? No, it says the Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. Everyone wants to do something. Everyone wants to say something. Everyone wants to get in on it. No, God. God's telling you to be silent. If you look at those words, the, the, look at the last word, silent. Ready? Silent has the same exact letters as listen. Hello? There are too many people want to say things, want to do things, but God's just telling you, you have only to be silent. You have only but to listen to me. Ready for this one? Next one. He thinks about you. He hasn't forgotten you. Psalms 139.17. Psalms 139.17. 
How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. He thinks about you. Next one. He has plans for you. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Did you hear, did you hear what I said, just said? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, the plans for welfare and not for evil. He doesn't plan to destroy you. He doesn't plan to let you down. Just because you brought you this far, he's not going to bring you this far to leave you. He hasn't, does, he hasn't done that yet. God does not do that. God has plans for you. Welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Not just a plan for something in the, the, that's going to happen, but something even beyond that. Next one. He is your refuge. He is your refuge. Psalm 62, verse 6. F-U-G-E. She's right on the screen. It says, He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. Only God Rest my salvation. On God, I rest my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times. O oh, people, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. When you don't know where to go and you're in the middle of the storm, God is our safe harbor. Next, my last one. He is always with you. He is always with you. Matthew 28, 20. Matthew 28, 20 says, Teaching them to deserve all that I command to you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I have not forsaken you. You're in the middle of the storm. You're in the middle of the situation. You're in the middle of your anger or whatever depression you might be going through. God saying, I am with you always. I want you to take what I've given you today. Take it home. Prepare for it. I want you to do your best to memorize all that you can. So when we come back on Wednesday, you know exactly how to pray because you've been given the word that God has not left you. God has not forsaken you. God is not against you. God is with you. He is your refuge where you can go where you're, when, you, when you're in your, 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 as your safe harbor. That's what we need to start praying. You cannot pray if you do not. You can, you can do your best. I understand that. But if you want powerful prayer, you need to know the word. I'm not saying that there's people that, Never pray, don't know how to pray, because sometimes it's just as easy as talking to God, which is. I've seen people who have never prayed a day in their life, and all they've done is a conversation with God. And which is good. It's great. It's you communing with God. It's wonderful. 
But if you want to see breakthrough, you're going to need to learn how to speak God's word into your life. You need to know that he, that he knows us. You need to know that he's going to fight for us, that he thinks about you, that he has plans for you, always with you. If you know those things and get those things in your heart, it doesn't matter what the devil says. It doesn't matter what happens around you. It doesn't matter the situations that come up. God is with me. Who can be against me? If God before me, who can be against me? Oh, come on. I don't care, uh, cancer. If God before me, who can be against me? I don't care about that uh, diabetes. If God before me, who can be against me? If I don't care about that, whatever sickness comes my way, whatever situation comes my way, if God before me, who can be against me? your feet and start shouting to God saying God before me who can be against me God before me oh God right now in the name of Jesus